If you're an Android user navigating the world of podcasts, then you ought to check out the Podcast Republic app, which can be your new solution for podcasts about this galaxy or any other. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Thousands of good reviews that tell you about how wonderful it is, so you don't have to take my word, young David's word, or the Puckmana's word? Is that the little bat thing? Yeah, that's the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. If you haven't yet, head over to patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s and check out our awesome Patreon page. There's a bunch of wonderful tiers that get you all sorts of rewards. You get a sticker just for signing up. You get all the old archive episodes at any of the levels. You get, at the $5 tier, a bonus episode once every quarter, which we're coming up on soon. We'll have one of them in September. Might even be Ghostbusters related. We're not sure yet, but it could be Ghostbusters related. Uh, We'll see when we figure that out. That movie, November release date on a Ghostbusters just feels like just made a lot of mistakes on the way here, I think. I mean, it's Halloween-y. Yeah, but that's not, November is definitively not Halloween. It's fall, it's spooky season. Given that Halloween ends on an art anyway that's patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s check it out and see if there is a tier that's right for you we're over 17 hours of bonus content at the five dollar level and climbing every couple of months so lots of great stuff there go check it out patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s welcome to dissecting the 80s i am trip lano one half of the mega podcasting powers and with me as always is well, I'll be honest, I was going to call him the navigator, and then I realized that, like, I haven't used another person to navigate in most of my life since I've had, you know, a- apps for that. But I guess at one point or another in time, he has been my navigator, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. Yeah, I think on the road trip, the zombie road trip. Yeah, there was, like, you and I definitely Because that was 2010, so that was, like, right before your phone We'd- with your GPS. We definitely drove together in the MapQuest era, where it was like, here are the printed out directions. Uh, you will you will read them to me and, you know, be on the ball. Hope that no definitely. roads are closed. Yes, exactly. Uh, we are revisiting a, a movie celebrating its 35th anniversary that I watched a ton as a kid. I assume you also watched. I have no memory of this no, movie. No, this is our first time. Okay, okay. Uh, I watched this a lot, uh, and we both have some fond memories attached to this. It's 1986's Flight of the Navigator, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your surprisingly not touchstone movie. Something's coming out your surprisingly not touchstone movie. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Ooh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Yeah, this does feel like right firmly in the touchstone zone. Yeah, it's it's a little too heavy. I mean, obviously it's fine, it's Disney, whatever, but it's just like slightly too heavy for Disney movies of that era. I would agree with that. I do like, so you pull this up on Disney Plus, that's where it's available. Uh, you got the scratchy old Disney logo. I and almost lost my mind how excited I was to see that. Because I assumed <laughs> yeah. that Disney was like, we're just, we have one good version of this thing. Uh-huh, we're just uh-huh. going to, even if it, obviously they wouldn't put in the new like CGI castle, but like, 
I assume they have like a good version of that animation and they just cut it and dropped it in front of everything. But no, they just were like, whatever, whatever mom and pop rental store gave us back their VHS tape of Flight of the Navigator. That's what we ripped to Disney Plus. Like I'm I'm simultaneously thrilled and very disappointed at the fact that this movie looks like it was transferred off a tape. It does. The transfer is awful. I mean, truly bad. However, I watched this movie off of a tape. So for me, it was like, oh, this feels like coming home. I mean, you know? once you get into the into the movie, it it's not as noticeable. I, I would agree with that. Although there's a few scenes and in, in particular inside scenes where it's like the, the the there's so much noise on the transfer that it looks like bugs are crawling on the screen almost. Yeah. But uh, we we. We start off with some frisbee throwing, and it's these cool silver frisbees, really evocative of flying saucers. Or there's too the much dog footage in this movie about a <laughs> flying saucer and a kid. Yeah, it, this movie's kind of odd because overall, in its runtime, it kind of takes a little while to get going. Then it kind of skips ahead, like not only timeline wise, but it's we sort of skip from Act One into mid Act Two or later in terms of like standard plot. Yeah, and then. We get to the end, and it really feels like a, oh, shit, we're out of gas. Uh, I guess this is where the party's happening. Bye! You know? Yeah, it definitely, it's a weird, it's weirdly paced. It's a very enjoyable mm. movie, but it's it's definitely weirdly paced. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched this since I was a kid. Uh, watched it a lot as a kid. Have very fond memories of this. But remember, like, I have a fondness for the movie in the abstract but I remembered very little of it. I remembered mm-hmm. like just a few key scenes that I'll, you know, I'll touch on as we go. Um, but more than the movie, I think both of us have some level of fondness for this because as we've talked about before, we were, you know, we went to the Disney parks for vacation as kids and there as two little movie geeks, they used to have like a backstage tour thing and they would sort of take you around. You'd see props. And one of the props that was there why i don't know but i guess because it was large they just had to populate uh, the boneyard stuff yeah so it would, you'd get on this little tram and you'd go on a tour and they'd show you some costuming and i think they were actually animating some of the sequels to so the i don't think you saw the anim the animation department was on the other side of the park okay so i, I thought i remembered seeing maybe i'm just conflating ha- those things as being one thing because they're similar yeah so you definitely um used to well, like the so you would drive through um, a costume warehouse, kind of, and you could see in the windows all the like uh, laundromat, you know, those mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that like here you have like so you can have like six stories of clothes, and like people sewing at machines doing like stuff, um, yeah. and then there was the boneyard, which was all the vehicles and stuff. Um, and this was a prominent part of it because it's a big, shiny chrome spaceship. There's yeah, a, the full size one. You used to be able to see the, the Golden Girls house on this tour. I think right. that was before we were on it. I'm not sure. I, I there definitely was like the houses and stuff uh, on that I remember seeing. You drive through like it, and it was it was like each house on the street was slightly different. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go back at our videos and in, in, in the beginning and see. Yeah, but anyway, a lot of fondness for it. Uh, the spaceship design in particular. It's a very cool spaceship design. As a kid who liked aliens and stuff, it was a slam dunk for me. And now uh, the spaceship has been repurposed as the top of a drink station in Florida. So you can see a picture of Andrew posing for that uh, from a little while ago uh, up on the Twitter feed when we post this. I'll, I'll put that up. So you can see what the ship is now. It's been painted red. It's got some stuff attached to it. Uh, sort of like rocket, you know, retro future rocket yeah. ship. Johnny Rockets. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Johnny Rockets was literal rocket ships and not just like a cool music name. Uh, but anyway, so I, I remember this movie quite fondly and I, it's always a little bit, ner- you know, like, oh, am I going to hate this? But I was surprised how like this is very like a good family very movie. Not, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not great. It's not like, you know, a wonderful piece of art or anything, but it's like, oh, this this zips right along. It's got some fun stuff. The score is awesome. Really mm-hmm. good score. It's by Sylvester. Sylvester. Yeah. I mean, he always brings the A game. Uh, well, uh, this is a good period for Alan Silvestri. I don't know that Alan Silvestri of the 2020s in Marvel Mania always brings his A game. Sorry, sir. Don't be offended. Uh, oh, is he? Oh, I forgot he was Marvel Man. Yeah, he's basically all of them. Hmm. Which I, there's like a couple. There's a couple. I enjoy the Avengers the theme, like the classic Avengers yeah, theme. Yeah, he wrote that. I enjoy yeah, that yeah, moment. That. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's entitled to mail it in. Yeah, he <laughs> and Hans fine. Zimmer and John Williams <laughs> have, no have done a lot. Like they're allowed yeah, see, to just the di- coast at this point. The difference is, I, like, I, I know I'm a, a fanboy, but like, I really don't feel like John Williams is coasting. Well, I don't know what does he do. What has he done lately? Like, what is it? I I don't mean that, I don't mean that disparagingly. That sounded shady. Yeah, yeah. But like, what has he Star done Wars. lately? He did like a. There's a suite of music he did for Galaxy's Edge. That's oh, that's right. Because he, he won a, a Grammy uh-huh. for that. He won another, yet another Grammy for this like weird category. Anyway, we're not here to talk about John Williams, but John we Williams can. is great, as you all know. Um, no, I, I think he's wonderful. I'm gonna. I'm trying to go see uh, the Baltimore Orchestra is doing a John Williams night later this year. I'm trying to go see it. Um. Anyway, this is directed by the same man who brought us uh, Blue Lagoon, Greece. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, the oh, attraction in Florida. That must be why they. Uh, that, but that must be why they have Grease in this movie. Yes, yes, he directed it. Uh, and then, interestingly enough, the person in charge of the digital effects is his brother. So that hmm. they collaborated very closely, and I think that's probably why the special effects are so excellent in this overall. But yeah, we start with this. Dog James Cameron is very lucky they didn't keep doing together. Yeah. They they didn't become a brother's duffer. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. He would have been sweating. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you probably would have just like hired the guy. Yeah, like, but whenever he, you're not working with your brother, you work with me. But like, I don't know. The the I don't think you can just take one duffer brother. I mean, maybe I don't know. That they're a weird. It's it's interesting that they're in like pretty wildly different disciplines. Yeah, the one being a digital effects guy and the other being a director. Um. Anyway, I didn't write down this gentleman's name, so I apologize for not. But it is the man who directed Grease. Um. So we start with this dog competition, and I agree with you. Too much dog. And I thought that like the dog thing was gonna be vital it later. It seems like there's so much dog footage. Yeah. That yeah. it seems like there's gonna be a thing later. This this felt like Chekhov's Frisbee catching. Yeah. But mostly it's just like to make you think of spaceships, I think. I guess. Uh, they also let us know Veronica outs. Cartwright's in this movie, and I was very happy to see her. Oh, is that the mom? Yeah. I what do you know her from? I don't know. So I, she I was the little girl in the birds. And oh wow, okay. And she was um the one who got blood splurted in her face in Alien. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I have her written down as the other um, And she's in Witches of Eastwick. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> For all the gays listening, <laughs> Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. yeah. Not to be confused with uh former uh podcast guy Joe something? No, I got the guy who directed uh, Chopping Mall also directed Witches of Breastwick. Yeah, I just couldn't remember his name. I said it was Joe something. Oh, Joe something. Yeah, God. Okay. Anyway, um, it's a bad, it's a bad brain day. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm moving. It's very stressful. <laughs> My brain is a little fried. Um, anyway, 
we're at the dog thing. We have a little bit of brother back and forth fight, you know, butt face, scuzzball, you know, kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, it's like, oh, they're bringing the alien in early. Nope, JK, it's the Goodyear blimp. It's, but like everyone's reaction is as though it's War of the Worlds and it's that like sound. And they all yeah, turn around with yeah. this like, <gasps> like the dramatic hamster. And it's yeah, just a Goodyear it, blimp. And I was like, well, we, <laughs> we know what that is. I know it's 1978, like, but like we know what a blimp is. Yeah, I feel like people in 1978 were like very excited to see the Goodyear blimp, but this is not an excited reaction. It's yeah, this like, isn't. Oh God, ooh. what is it? What is it? Yeah, it's as if they think it's gonna crash on them all on the Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah, they think they think yeah. it's just gonna explode. Oh, the dark manity! Like, like what is happening? And then they do it again. This moment again later for like a plane or something. Like the kid yes. alone does it, adjust himself, and I was like, can we not like? We're gonna get to it, but like these are human beings in 1978. It's not like they're n- medieval knights who are like, look at the steel dragon. Like, yeah, exactly. They know yes. what planes are, and it's even dumber because there's never a moment like this with the spacecraft. Oh, absolutely like, not. The, we get introduced to the spacecraft as almost an afterthought, and then later people kind of react to it. But it was very strange. And then he keeps referencing his brother dying, which is like. Yes weird yeah it's like not in the fun way of like oh i'm gonna kick your ass i'm gonna kill you it's like oh i wish i wish that you would get cancer you're not gonna live to see your 10th birthday kid what yeah yeah and also this kid is like four so that's like a lot of time that you're saying that you're gonna kill him no he's eight the kid's eight yeah the little brother's eight wow i would not have guessed that yeah it's it it's some big rota energy like if his if this kid's uh tap shoes go missing it's because they're bloody. I don't think I know who Rhoda is. I think I, I think you just totally lost me. The bad seed? Oh no, I've never seen the bad seed. Oh, the bad seed. Yeah, it's this little this little shit stick named Rhoda. She's a girl. Ah. And uh a boy, spoiler alert for this 70-year-old, 60-year-old property. Wait, it's from like the 60s? I'm pretty sure it's black and white. Okay. Maybe I have seen the bad seed then, but I don't It was remade, I'm pretty sure, but the Okay. The bad seed, um, and this boy beats her in a penmanship competition, so she crushes him. She tap dances, crushes him ah. to death, and then throws her tap shoes in a lake. Okay, I'm familiar with that. You must, you've must, you made reference to this on the show before. Oh, yeah, I have. Again, brain melting, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we get Cliff DeYoung, not to be confused with Cliff DeOld, which is kind of how he looks in this later in the movie. He, uh, he is, uh, Na- not Nancy, he is the main girl's dad in The Craft. Right. And that movie is comes out ten years after this, and he looks yes. the same in both movies. <laughs> Not sure in a does. good way. He, he sure does. Also, can I tell you something? Recently watched The Craft for the first time. Very boring to me. Yeah, really you're wrong. Could, couldn't get, yeah. I bind you, Trip. <laughs> but, I bind you from making you, bad opinions. But I'll, but I'll tell you what. The remake, exactly what I wanted out of The Craft, the movie. Hmm. Like, way sillier. Way goofier. I don't know that there's that and the whole ending sequence in the house is just it, so iconic. The the last third is wonderful, but for the first hour, I'm like asleep at the wheel. Maybe it's a queer uh, thing. I mean, it could be. Although there's nobody longing, there's no gothic longing. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no there's no candelabra and a floor length robe. Right. Exactly. Um, so we've got uh, David, who's our main character, who I think like not Henry Thomas. Not Harry Thomas, but honestly, 
maybe a better actor than Henry Thomas? Yeah. Am I crazy? A little crazy. Henry Thomas okay. is like very like as a child is just incredibly talented. I thought this kid was really good. I was like I don't think he's bad, but impressed. he's not he's not as good as Henry Thomas. Uh, well, if Henry Thomas is a 10, this kid's like a 9.5 in my personal great book. It's funny, he remind me of um one of the Brady like he could have been one of the Brady kids. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think the middle one. I don't remember. I believe that is Mike. Is Peter the oldest or is No, Peter Greg is the oldest. Greg is the hunk. Okay. Cuz okay. Greg is played by Prince Eric's voice in the in the movies. Got it. Okay. Yeah, Bobby is the little one. So it So Mike then, yeah. Or no, Mike is the dad. Yeah, Mike Brady is 100% the dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, it's Bobby's the young one and Greg is the old one. Peter, so Peter must be the middle. Yeah. Um I I think he's very good. Maybe he maybe it was just like a like one of those fluke performances where he got you know this director and he and he really gelled and it was great. But I know he ran into some trouble later in his life. He got arrested for robbing a bank five years ago. Seems to be in much better place now. He's wow. Canadian, so uh, when you do a crime, you don't necessarily go to jail for the rest of your life. Uh, no. So he is out, and he is uh, seems to be on a better path. And. There's recently a documentary that came out about making this movie that he's it's sort of his journey, but this movie features in it a lot because uh it's his biggest thing, I think. Major role for him. Yeah, yeah. Um while we're on the subject of just recommending random things, there if you like this movie or you're interested in this movie or, or into this movie, there's a really great I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing because it's about 45 minutes long, but I watched a significant portion of it. Um there's a YouTuber whose name I believe is Mr. Disillusion. He he's normally kind of got this gimmick where his face is sort of like painted half silver. Oh yeah, yeah I've seen him before. So his gimmick is normally kind of like a vintage, uh, not Bill Nye quite, but like sort of a Mr. Wizard, you know, old TV science yeah, in that, in that sort vein. of thing. This is not, he's not in the makeup in this video, but he does some really great breakdowns of how they film this. And I think he actually got one of the props from the movie and uses it to kind of demonstrate some stuff. And some of the ways that they film this, I'll talk about as we go through, you know, just, I just want to cite my source that it's this, this really good video, but really this is like my favorite era of special effects where a lot of what it was was uh, how can we do this <laughs> and a bunch of let's people get a giant down. pane of clean clean glass and lightly yeah. glue a pen to it yeah yeah exactly it's like what what how can i really think and i know this is gonna sound like the grampiest grampy energy but i, I i'm not totally against cgi like there are so many things in modern they're movies best when they're CGI. done together i find right right but like those Marvel movies, they film them in a parking lot in Atlanta. Like they're they're not nothing in those Marvel movies is real. And it honestly, I had until so until they showed that to me, I had no idea. But like the cities are fake, the cars are fake. Yeah. Er, like when the heroes are like standing on the street, and there's all sorts of maybe that's why I liked around. Wandavision so much because it wasn't that they had sex. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's like I didn't have any idea that they never filmed in any new. It's like the, that big New York street scene from the first Avengers is literally just all of them in their costumes standing on a bunch of green boxes of various shapes, and it's like that's it. That's they why Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know she was in Spider Man, and right, they left of course, it in. How could you? They left it in. What were her saying that? Like you would think that Gwyneth's Gwen's people would be like, "Hey, yeah. please take that out. Like, don't put that in the final cut." No, see, I think that, like, I don't think this was that, but I think if Gwyneth Paltrow was to be calculating about her being in those movies, that would be the correct response for her audience, where it's just like, oh, it's this frivolous little thing I do, this is not my passion. 
I guess, but it's just, uh, to me, I find that so embarrassing that she straight up tells the director, I wasn't in Spider-Man, and he's like, you were, and she's like, no, I wasn't, and he's like, yeah, I- I'm the director of the movie, you're in it. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't the director of the movie, it was Favreau who was in it with her. Oh, okay. And she, well, it's like, and like, honestly, no, I, I, if I was in that position and I did that thing, I would not have any problem. Like, I think it's a funny story. Like, it's like, I didn't even know I was in that one. I did. They're all the same to me because I don't like them. I just show up when they pay me. But like, hey, that's fine. You know, get that paycheck, baby. I'm not a big Gwyneth fan, but you know, get that money. Everybody. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's trying to be in these movies now. Right. Well, you got to get that paycheck, baby. Anyway, uh, David is in his room. He's creeping on his crush via telescope, which I do not care for. I will say this. She's not in any state of undress. She's just hanging yeah. out in a boat. No, yes, so yes, that is. It true. is much She's, better than we've seen before. Yeah, not great. I just think it's fifty times better if he's just looking out the window and the dad comes in and he does the like. Oh, he jumps back and lets go of the blinds. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's a, that's that's like one percent creepy of like oh she's out there let me take a look yeah you're right though it's not she's not a bedroom it's not it's none of that she's not it's like just, sunbathing just, she's literally just like right. in her clothes on a boat. Right. It's just the telescope makes it a little creepy. Yeah. As, as well. soon as you add an apparatus into your looking, yeah. you've 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 taken a step. Yes, exactly. There are steps perhaps left, but you've taken a step. Yeah. Uh he was also in the murder she wrote we did the two parter, the death uh, 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 Death the Comes top. to the Big Top. Death stalks the big top. Oh, yeah. He wait, was in, the who? In the, the kid? Two-parter. Yeah. Really? Yeah, huh. yeah, I'm sure we mentioned it on that episode and said like stay tuned, Flight of the Navigator. Probably that was that episode came out what's four years ago at this point it's it's definitely i believe i believe that's in the uh, archive it's we're due for right another murder she wrote <laughs> and also golden maybe. girls maybe there's a lot of content out there a lot of movies i don't know if we have just all this you know endless time to be revisiting television properties yeah but they're we'll great television properties well, for all the shit we watch once in a while we're allowed to be like you know what we have done a lot less shit in the past two years i feel like we have turned a corner to where it's like at this point when we watch something truly shitty it's like a rarity yeah i guess I feel like I have gotten a lot better at the programming of the show after eight years, and it's like I just don't want to torture myself. Also, I genuinely want to like things now. Like I was, I'm a lot, I'm still a cynical bastard, but I'm a little bit less of a cynical bastard. So it's like, even in a movie I don't like, I'm like, here's a nice thing to say about it. I can find a nice thing to say, but it's still, I'm just like, I would rather watch good things. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we do. I, this is like, we watched Turner and Hooch, and now this. It's back to back good ones, baby. Yeah. Although, would have been better if the dog didn't die. Yeah, also still so true. the controversial still true. yet brave. The dog shouldn't have yeah. died. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, David is taking his dog for a walk in the woods. No, he's going to go get his brother. Okay, but like, why is this the path? <laughs> Certainly there's another way to get there. Well, I think it was like kind of a situation as if, because th- there was a path in the woods behind our house growing up that would sure. get you to the other side of the neighborhood. Yeah. And I think it, it was that situation. Right, but in that situation, in the dark, you're taking the long way around. Maybe there, maybe there isn't a street kind of thing. Oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. All I felt was like, this seems like, you know, you, if this was in a movie that came out in 2021, there would be think pieces about how irresponsible the parents were. Well, like, also, why didn't the, the dad go meet the right. son? Like, there's options yeah. here. But also, these woods look like Jurassic Park. They do. It's any minute a dinosaur is going to come screeing out of the blo- out of the brush. I was just like, "Where dog. are we?" Yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. This is Florida. 
Yeah, exactly. I what part of Florida has this dense of a forest that's not a swamp? Because I'm aware of the cypress swamps, but that's a swamp. Yeah, because like we we traipsed through a lot of uh, not a lot of woods, the same woods a lot growing yeah, up. Yeah, we had we had a patch of woods, and there it was not this dense foliage. No, no. It was, I mean, different type of trees, obviously, but yeah, it is actually woods from Florida. I found that out in the filming. Like the oh. I did film this. At, it is near Miami, but I it does not appear to be Florida. So he falls down a ravine, and I feel like this is the weakest spot of the movie. Where like you need a little more here because he falls down the ravine, and then as a viewer. A very small amount of time passes and he wakes up. Well, his up brother scares him first and then he falls down the ravine. That's right. That's right. The brother scares him into falling down the ravine. But like he falls down and then from our perspective, which is David's perspective, he wakes up, climbs out of the ravine, walks back to his house and oops, a different like a different old lady lives there. And then an old man also lives there and not his family anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I need... Like some noises. I need a. I need a, some flashing lights. Yeah, because his something. dog is basically what happens is his dog is like barking down. Like he's at the top, the top of a ravine, barking down into it. And it from the audience perspective, we don't see anything weird. Like there needed right. to be some kind of a glowing light, like something yes. s- not supernatural, like spooky, but like something like, ooh, what's that? Right. And we also need, I think, the little brother freaking out and going like, help, help, and running away so that he doesn't see the ship. Well, the little brother, so he doesn't, the little brother scares him and then is a little shit and is like, got you, sucker, and runs away. He And yeah. then and then David goes after his dog. Right. I'm saying, like, I, I feel like I need the brother running away, then some spaceship, some noises, some lights, et cetera, et cetera. David disappearing, and then we cut to what we get in the movie, which is the you know the the old lady in the house. And like, the honestly, I don't think house. it needs quite that much. Like I like I said, I would be fine with the dogs barking at a glowing thing in there, and when he falls down, we cut to black, and then lights up, and there's no no glowing lights down there with him. Right, right. Well, he freaks out. Um, we have some really good Sylvester score in the house. I think it's like this. This is a weird phrase, but I wrote it down because it's exactly how I felt listening to the music. It's like wondrous fear. Yeah. It's like it's both of those emotions at the same time, which is it doesn't seem like they would be, you know, they, you know, it's coherent, children's I, fear. I do think it's, yeah, it's a yeah. safe fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think like this is the part where I'm like, okay, this is like Henry Thomas level. The kid's like, I just want my family. And he's crying. I just think it's excellent. This little performance is he like slides down the wall yeah. and gets really smart. I think he's a good actor. I just think Henry Thomas is better. Yeah. I mean, maybe E.T. would change my mind. But having just watched The Quest, I feel that I'm, I'm they're like neck and neck. The whole score is really great with this like futuristic tones. It's one of the first uh, scores written on a particular type of electronic instrument whose name I wrote down and subsequently can't read my own handwriting. But it was uh, the first time that this particular piece of machinery was used and something Sylvester hadn't really used before. So that's kind of a neat thing. He's like trying out new stuff for this movie. Yeah. So this is where I was like, oh, because I went in very blind. I have not watched this movie. I might have watched the movie as a kid. I don't Mm -hmm. really have a lot of memories of the movie itself. Or the plot or anything. So I purposely went in. I didn't look up anything. Yeah. And I was already like, this is not the movie I thought this was going to be. I was expecting like, uh, kid discovers a rocket ship, learns 
to accept himself. Like he's like, yeah, can of worms. The Disney Channel original movie was what I was expecting out of this, <laughs> where he's like, no one understands me. And then he like stumbles into a spaceship and he's like, sure, wow. Sure. It also feels like based on the poster and all that stuff that it's going to be like real Spielberg Amblin you know, sense of wonder and awe, magic and, and whatnot. And it's really not that. It's it's very light sci-fi in terms of science fiction. But the concept of I've been away so long that my younger brother is now, you know, 18 or whatever. 16. I've been gone for, yeah, 16. My family has, my family had me declared legally dead. It's kind of like a heady topic for a character that the yeah. audience of children is supposed to be identifying with. That's why it seemed more touchstone appropriate than Disney appropriate. Yeah, I just—it's just such a wild premise that that like, that's that's the tone of your children's movie is oh I've been declared legally dead and what does that mean for my life? Yeah, it definitely out of con like just the abstract of that sounds like it could be like coming soon to Apple TV Plus. Tony yeah, Collette yeah. is searching for her child and like <laughs> my daughter is missing. Yeah. Gosh, she's so good. I agree. It was not a good Tony Collette voice. But no, but the the the, the but passion the, was. The, the, yeah, I feel the like idea I was it. there. I feel like it had a Tony Collette je ne sais quoi. Yeah, I am your mother. <laughs> we can't talk about hereditary. It's Did I tell time. you that it, we were when I was down in Florida? We watched the last like twenty five minutes of Carrie or so because mom was like, "Oh, we'll put that on." Uh, at the end of the day and then we watched it I was like gushing because it was my favorite and then Hereditary was on next I was like mom you have to turn this off and she was like why and I was like this is absolutely the last kind of movie you would enjoy <laughs> not for you and she was like what and I was like it is just like a hundred percent not for you I'm telling you now <laughs> so we watched The Mummy instead <laughs> yeah way better third best Indiana Jones movie Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Mr. Jones, we will see you in 22. We might see you multiple times in 2022 if I get my way. We'll see. I mean, hey. Could be. Could see you three times in 2022. Just saying. Are all three in the, in the 80s? Uh-huh. Oh. For some reason, I thought one of them squeaked into like 90. No, 89 for my favorite of the trio. So this part, I genuinely got a, a little goosebumpy. Uh, the performance of the kid in the moment where so he gets taken to the police station and the cops the one cop is is a they're about the same age they're probably like mid 40s or you know 30s 40s i guess i'm bad at guessing ages but movie adults yeah movie adults exactly (laughs) firmly adults uh and the the woman comes up to the the guy the woman is dressed like a beat cop and the guy is dressed like a detective so he's got like a suit jacket on and she walks up to him and is like she hands him this piece of paper and she's like, it's him. And the guy's like, what do you mean? And he starts reading off this description and it's like. It, literally, it's just this kid. It's brown hair, yeah, yeah. brown it's, eyes, yeah, red and white shirt. Wearing a bl- yeah, blue polo shirt with red and white stripes. And the score and the tone of voice and the look on this kid's face as he's overhearing this. I got genuine goosebumps. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not afraid to say it. it was, it's a really impactful moment in this in this movie, which, is, again, is like, I don't think this movie is a 10 out of 10 wonderful, you know, great thing. But that has, it has a bunch of really excellent moments that are like way, punching above its weight class, I think. For sure. It's it's just so funny that it it is a it is a concept that you can take a lot darker like you don't need to go full like murder but like mm-hmm. you could probably go like 
five shades darker with this concept oh, sure. and make it more of a drama. Yeah. Actually, it's also a movie- I think there is now that I'm saying this out loud, I think there is that that is a thing on like was like on AMC or something about people who disappeared and came back. Oh, you know what it is? It's it's a it's a I think it's on Netflix now. A plane lands like it takes off from its mm. destination and then the plane lands and they're told that they can't get out of the plane. And then a police officer is like, this plane took off 18 years ago. Yeah, I, that is a thing. I don't know it what it's was- called. It was a regular TV show, I feel. But oh, yes. okay. Uh, so we get to, we're dealing with David. We cut to the spaceship, which is crashed into, looks like a power utility line kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the the big, you know, semi-evil scientist of the movie, Dr. Faraday. They're nefarious, to say the least. Nudge, 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 get it. Dr. Faraday, nudge, 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 nudge. Um Faraday Cage is a uh, he. Faraday is a famous scientist uh, who, per, whether he invented it or just discovered it, but the Faraday Cage, which is a, a grounding element, it's like oh. a, you can be inside a Faraday Cage you know, during like simulated lightning and survive. It's also a thing that paranoid people do in movies. They'll put their f- phone into a bag of chips to make it a Faraday Cage because no signal gets out in or out. Like potato chips. Mm-hmm. Like a foil bag of potato chips. Oh, hmm. in the new in the new Terminator, Sarah Connor has her phone in like multiple bags of chips because of the foil that prevents the phone from being tracked. Huh. So, it's but like, oh, it, but it, then why the does she not have a phone at that cage. point? Because she needs the phone sometimes. So she's like, I have to have this device. Got for it. Okay. Purposes, but I need it to be in a Faraday cage. Anyway, the Faraday cage prevents signals from getting out if you put something in it, but it also can protect you from lightning and stuff. Okay, and and it's NASA. It's straight up NASA. It's not. Yep. Normally, they make something up for these movies. Yeah, I I do think you have to get your get your stuff approved if you're going to use a government entity. Uh, so I'm assuming that NASA signed off on this, which I like. They're not really the villains here, but they're kind of the villains here. So I was yeah. surprised to see that they're villain adjacent for sure. They're they're the closest thing this movie has to a villain because this is a pretty villainless story. Well, the head guy, the, the Faraday guy, is pretty suspicious. He's nefarious. Right, he's he, suspicious. But he never goes full evil. Like at the point where the movie, where you're like, oh, this guy is actually going to cut this kid open and pull his brain out. Like that, it doesn't get to that level. It's just like, oh, I said he was only going to be here for forty eight hours. I lied. It's going to be longer. But it's not like it's never clear that he can do that. Or that it'll be useful or possible. Like it's it's not this like that you that's true. To be. I thought he would be twenty five percent more mustache twirly. Yeah, I definitely thought there was going to be more to it. Like he was going to try and shoot because even when they like kidnap Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. and then they walk in the house and they're like, "You can't leave your house. We're just going to hang out here." And I was like, "Yeah, well, why not just take him to the base?" <laughs> exactly exactly it's like we think the kid's coming here so you have to stay here and also we're staying here um i love this next bit though where they're like gosh how are we gonna get it back to the base and the guy goes oh it's really easy and he just pushes it and the it effects are really cool like five feet no it's awesome but it's it's such a clever idea to like this thing looks heavy and challenging to move and difficult for the audience and so when the guy's like oh no and he just pokes it with a finger and it floats like a balloon i thought it was awesome it reminds me of those they were like a um an as seen on tv product where it was just like a mylar uh a mylar ufo looking thing 
Yeah. That you could like n- tap lightly and it would like fly across your room. I don't remember what yeah, they were Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it was like a like a special ball. It's safe blue. to play with that in the house kind of uh-huh, deal. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that we cut from this to that great moment to this other one, which is David's on a gurney looking up at the ceiling. Well, it's a shot that gets first, used in movies and television. First, they have to introduce David to his family again. The cops take I, David to his family, and then they go to the hospital. I thought that happened already. I guess not. We didn't talk I about have, it. I must have jumped ahead. Okay, okay. Um. And it's weird because, like, it um when they when they drive up to the house, the cops do because they're asking all these questions like, "Who's the president? What year is it?" Blah 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 blah, which never a good sign. Yeah, no. If you, someone's asking you who the president is, you've had a brain injury, and or it's you've time traveled. Yeah. Um, because Doc does that in Back to the Future, and it doesn't make sense because it's the other way. So like, he wouldn't know who the future president is. Yeah, I I. I <laughs> I find that, like, it's a funny laugh line because it's like, Ronald Reagan, the actor? But, like, <laughs> literally any name he said should re- elicit the same response. Yeah. But he's a he's a junior senator. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's a Kennedy. Yeah. Um, but when they drive up to the house, the score and, this, and the cinematography almost feel like it's supposed to be uh, when they, to, you know, to quote, Back to the Future, like when they return from their jaunt to the past, and Hill Valley is different and like sad. Yes, yes. It feels like that, and I'm like, so are his parents supposed to be like junkies? Like what happened? Right, right. And then that's not that, but I was like, the everything about this seemed to insinuate something. Like, this was going to be like a rundown shack kind of deal. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to imply, oh, these people have had a really hard time since David disappeared. But I don't, I, you're 100% correct. Like, it's built to be a much sadder existence it's than still it a, seems. It's still like, like a, a three-bedroom ranch house. Like, right, right. It is not run down. Right. And they seem like a family who's, you know, doing pretty good for people who lost a child. You know, the, yeah. the they're all fairly well adjusted. You know, they all seem to be employed. It's not like the there's other versions of this movie where it's like the parents are divorced, both of them are alcoholics. Starring Tony Collette. Yeah, exactly. As and both the of the mother is, and the father. The brother has become a free range child and he's just like a feral monster. <laughs> yeah. He's like spray painting shit. He's stealing his uh-huh. mom's pills. He's, he's a bad he, kid. He leads, he leads an army of dirtbag children <laughs> that just, like, terrorizes this small community of mostly older people. Hey, Mrs. Francis, we took your newspaper. <laughs> we kicked in your door and stole your medicine, old lady. Here's a bunch of dog poop bags lit on your front porch. Suck it. <laughs> we stole your phone book. <laughs> Want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? Just kidding, it's dog poop in the box. <laughs> so this is where they take him to the hospital for observation. Why is a group of young boys selling Girl Scout cookies? I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we see that his brother is older now. He's cute. Yeah, I love this moment. The brother's sort of standing in the dark and walks into the room. But I, th- they do this th- on the way as the... No. Do we see the brother in the hospital for the first time? I thought we don't see the brother till the hospital. Okay. So the the the, the mom and dad we see the David goes running up at the front door and then we get that like it's a classic scene in movies and television but it's it's a classic because it's really effective. 
the perspective is from the person laying on the bed, looking up at the ceiling, going backward as like a bunch of heads are ho- hovering over top and being like, where's my mom? And she's like, I'm right here. No, we're here. Your dad's here too. <laughs> Cliff Young like pops his head in like, no, no, it's here. Um, I, he looks astoundingly like Bruce Dern to me. Uh, Cliff DeYoung. Like, I can see in it. terms of hairline, in terms of hairline, less than facial features. But I when I first it. saw him, I was like, is it Brewster? No, the age is totally wrong for that. Never mind. It's the craft guy. Sarah Jessica Parker's role was also was originally played by Laura Dern. <laughs> also would have been fine. Uh, did you catch that the brother, the little brother's shirt looks inside out? No, I didn't. So it's it's a Hawaiian type shirt. It's red. It's like a red shirt with white ferns on it. And as somebody who has like a fair number of Hawaiian shirts in his wardrobe, when you flip one inside out, which is you know you do to wash them, the material is oh, you like do? a you're supposed to, it protects the fat. It it, it keeps. I mean, the I turn most fresher. things inside out to wash them. I just didn't know you're supposed to do that with those two. I mean, it keeps the colors fresher longer. It's it's you know maybe it's useless, but anyway, it's like the sleeves and collar and the base of the shirt look normal and the other part of the shirt looks like kind of whited washed out because it's the the reverse of the print Mm. and that's what it looks like when he's like the brother is wearing the shirt inside out i remember that was like a trend a few years ago yeah maybe it was a to have shirt it was because i bought one i remember picking up a shirt was like oh it's inside out this fabric this is the wrong side of the fabric and i flipped it to the vibrant side and realized all the little jurassic park logos were now backwards and i was like oh you weirdos yeah and yeah, you know, fashion's weird. What 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 can I say? Just make a do- like make a make a paler fat. You can make yeah. the fabric. Just make the right. fabric paler if that's what you want. You have infinite choices. Uh, but anyway, the little brother sits down and he's like, "Oh, this is weird. Like I have a little older brother." And they talk a little bit. David's not quite sure if this is real. They trade their insults in the same way. So it's like, oh, they, it's it's the equivalent of the. Uh, you son of a bitch handshake in uh, Commando. Uh, no, you know, in Predator. Boys. Predator, not Commando. Gosh, sorry. Um, but what I like is he goes, I brought this because I thought it would help. And he saved one of the missing child signs that he, he had. How would it help, and, buddy? And that's, I keep thinking, like, I feel like this is not what someone who's been through a trauma needs. Uh, but he's like, he seems really bitter now that David's okay that his parents made him try so hard to find him. I don't know if you caught this. I didn't the catch tone, that. The tone in the performance read to me, he was like, yeah, I put these up at every telephone pole, tree, flagpole, anything we could find every Saturday for years. And it's like, oh, now that you're back, where have you been, you asshole? You ruined my childhood. Every Saturday? Like, were they taken down? Yeah, I that's like maybe they just wanted them to be fresh. Like, you know, you got some humidity in Florida and they got all crinkly. So they just like take them down and replace them. Mm-hmm. But it seemed wild to me. Uh, and he this is where it's implied that David has. I was like, does he have a psychic link to the spaceship or is his dog trapped on? Because we haven't seen the dog yet. And I was right, like, oh, right. maybe the dog got like stuck in the spaceship. And he like sure somehow is able to communicate with the dog. Like. We saw a shark communicate telepathically with a divorce with a with a widow. So yeah, exactly. Stranger yeah, things have happened on the table. Yeah, David has a nightmare and wakes up as his brother is like studying out loud, talking to himself, which is always a weird weird zone to be in. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes I've done that, but it, I feel like I only ever do stuff like that when I'm like 
Oh, I haven't been paying attention as closely as I should be. Let me go back a few sentences and read them out loud to make myself like, this is what we're focusing on. Right, right, right. So we cut back to the NASA test zone. They can't get in the in the ship. They want to do a brain test on David. And this is the part he's the family's together. They're leaving the hospital. No, no. Dr. First Perry. we have to have the weird stranger things sequence where they have David all hooked up with the cotton Oh, the balls. brain test. Yeah, the brain test for David. Yeah, I did write that down. Sorry. I was jumping ahead there. And then yeah, his do the his brain starts communicating directly with the computers. Unbeknownst to him, which is odd. That's the thing I think would have I would have liked a little more fleshing out because I was like later I was like, so is it is there an alien parasite in his brain communicating for him? Because that's there's weird implications to that. And that's way too dark for a kid's movie, but it is kind of what they set up. Because his brain taps right into the hospital computers and prints out like makes a schematic of the right of the of the spaceship. And then that's how NASA gets involved, and they show up, and they're like, we want David to come with us. And he's like, no. And they're like, but please. Yeah, Faraday tricks him. It's like, if you just give me 48 hours, I can I can tell you what happened to you and, you know, give you some answers and explanations. And it's like, okay, one, how do you know you can do that? And yeah. two, 48 hours does not seem like enough time, given that this person is going to need deep, intensive therapy for, the, like, a team of therapists yes. for the rest of his life. But also... Th- I, how did the family not be like, okay, fine, David can go, but we're all going because we. Right. this kid just came back from eight years missing. We're not yes. letting him out of our sight for two seconds. Right. And also he has a, he does not appear to have aged. So there are like, he's now going to pee in a glass things. room where we all can yeah. look at him because he's literally <laughs> never leaving our sight. I think that would be the one zone where it's like, it's okay. Well, that's what happened at the pee. end of season one of Stranger Things where Will goes to the bathroom and I was like, don't let him out of your sight. <laughs> Winona Ryder go with him <laughs> there could be a ghoulie in there Winona Ryder like goes in first to like check it out yeah she makes Will pee in a bucket like just behind the couch yeah exactly like, I, gotta, I gotta hear you clapping your hands Will you're gonna stand behind I'm gonna backlight you against this against this uh, room divider so I can see your silhouette and know you're still in the room here's a selection of songs that you may sing while you use the bathroom it starts with this little light of mine. I know you remember that one from church. <laughs> but no, the family just doesn't go. And I was like, okay. And then Sarah Jessica Parker and a robot shows up when he's dressed yeah. for church. I remembered this robot very deeply. Of of the few things of the movie I remembered, I was like, the, I, when as soon as he goes to the testing lab, I was like, oh, there's a cool robot in this thing. Well, the robot is also just a, a glorified cart. Like, it doesn't... Uh, yeah. It, it it's literally just a cart that you program cuz you I open the thing I, and every I, you store I, stuff I, in it. I think it's one step above where you have it in your head cuz I think it keeps the food warm. I mean, that's never explicitly stated, but No, but it just seems like like she hands them a tray of food, it seems like the food is kept warm in this in this Ralph. Yeah, it's, we uh, needed that moment where the foil comes off and the steam comes out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's robo assisted labor facilitator facilitator that's it something like yeah. that ralph, ralph r-a-l-f yeah anyway it's a lovely 80s clunky boxy it robot looks like design. a big it, there's so in star in the star wars universe there's those little mm-hmm. little Trucks. race car things that go around the floor yeah it's a big uh-huh. version of that is what it looks yeah, like like yeah. it looks like you put I, the little one in water and it grew three times its size 
Yes. I also immediately Google, I'm like, okay, what Disney attraction is this thing rotting away in? Because it seems like it would have been probably Star Tours, Tours, if I had to guess. Not, no evidence of it there. Um, it may be there, but no, like it is not on the internet. They're like, oh yeah, Ralph is in this part of this ride. I mean, there's that whole section of Star Tours where it's just like junk and like stuff yeah. that's opened oh, up. He could, he, he could be down there for sure. But SJP is in this, and uh, apparently when asked about it in 2018 was like, I don't know, it was a fucking move, like, it was a role, it was a paycheck, like, I just accepted anything they gave me. Yeah, it was her first movie role, but also, it's no, like... was it? This was? Yeah, that's what the, that's what Wikipedia said. Oh, I assume this was, like, a few, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, isn't she and Girls Just Wanna Have Fun? She is, but isn't, when is that? Is that 89? I maybe maybe it's 80 i don't know when it is but maybe it's after it must be after this um but it's that that's a weird tone to strike with me with me jesus a weird tone to strike with to me because like it doesn't seem like an adversarial question it's not like oh you were in this shitty movie let me dunk on you it's like fun like she seems rather vitriolic in the way you're saying it well so there's in i on imdb there is a it's like in quotes what she said in this interview so like i assume it is a direct quote that she's like you're seriously asking me about flight of the navigator i don't fucking know it's a what drew me to it i don't a paycheck that's what Yeah, I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe she had a bad experience on the movie or something. It just It's like, the movie seems so innocuous. She gets a fair amount to do. She's kind of like a pivotal part. She's pretty good in it. Like, it seems like a weird movie to hate so much, but maybe yeah. it's just like, you know, it's forgettable. It was fine. Like, I heard somebody interview Elizabeth Moss and ask her about being the child acting opposite Hawk Hogan in, or in Commando, and she was, like, very game to talk about it, which is, like, a what much worse movie with a much smaller, dumber part for her, so. She was also in uh, Gypsy with Bette Midler in 1992. Hmm. As uh, young Louise. Yeah, okay. Uh I do find it very funny that they have a very obvious two-way mirror and a prisoner door. Like, there's no handle on it. It's a Star yeah. Trek door and just shuts, and then David can't get out, which I, I found very funny. Uh, and also, Sarah Jessica Parker seems 10 years too young to be working at NASA. Yeah, I'm like, she seems like a teen. Yes. It's like, they're, they're not hiring teens to give food to prisoners at the NASA facility. Now, I don't know why NASA has a prison facility to begin with. Well, it's for aliens. I mean... Aliens, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I think she she implies that she's an army brat, a, a military brat of some mm-hmm, kind. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like, hey, if your dad works, if you're like, like <laughs> your dad's here already, so do yeah. you want a job? You can supervise the lunch robot. <laughs> yeah, which like seems like the right level of yeah, it's a very low amount responsibility. responsibility. You yeah, follow yeah. this robot around and make sure it doesn't bump into things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, like I said. It just seems odd to me that she hates it so much. Like, maybe maybe it's coming off angrier in text than it was in you know the. That's the words, true. But. That's possible. Uh, she does a quick catch up with him on like, here's what pop culture is now. This is what music sounds like. There is just blah, blah, blah. enough fish out of water time travel stuff to be still be interesting because a lot of times it gets it gets real old real fast. There's yeah. just enough of it in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There is a. There is a little moment that I thought would come back later for product placement purposes where she asks what he wants and he rattles off this very specific McDonald's order. I mean, he's Big Mac fries and a Coke. It's not that. 
Right, but I'm saying it's not it's not like get me some McDonald's. It's like I want a Big Mac fries and a large Coke, which I just I I was like, oh, surely there was going to be a moment later where this kid eats that in the spaceship. Yeah, but then I think happen. I think Mac and me happened and they were like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Pull the plug. No, what happened was McDonald's got approached for this and they're like, um, we already have a movie coming out. And that one <laughs> is basically a McDonald's, the motion picture. So no thanks on your product placement. Or actually, this might have been when McDonald's and Disney kind of parted ways briefly. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They they definitely were partners again in the 90s. Yeah, so, so they were partners for a while, and then they stopped. And then uh, for Little Mermaid, they were like, please, they like saw how big the last hit was. And they were like, please let us be your thing again. And Disney was like... I don't know. Why don't we give it to both you and Burger King and see who does better? And then McDonald's didn't do anything with Little Mermaid and Burger King did a lot. And so they were like, fuck off. And then they didn't get McDonald's back until like 101 Dalmatians. Live action. I see. This is a very specific amount of brand synergy that you know. And I just wish that like me, your brain could remember other things that are more useful than when the timeline specifically of just don't don't misunderstand me as dunking on you for knowing this information. I'm just saying I wish that both of us possessed brains that well, were more I, there, I don't remember which YouTube video. It might have been a defunct land, but there was some YouTube video that talked about, like, Disney and McDonald's partnership. Right. I'm more saying that, like, our brains are retaining that information over perhaps more important information about maybe geopolitical structure, Taxes. struggles. Maybe, maybe tax information. Maybe the, all the capitals of the United States. Maybe where each United State is located on a map would be just any number of things like trivial information more beneficial to your life than the specific timeline of McDonald's. And again, not dunking on you because my brain works the same way. I'm just highlighting it as a as a problem. Perhaps perhaps there's a, a screw that could be tightened somewhere in our <laughs> respective brains that would just make them more functional and better is all. Um, there's a quick call. He's like, I want to call my family. And Dr. Faraday's like, don't worry, we'll call them tomorrow from my office where I can monitor you. Uh, okay, uh, have a good night's sleep here, and uh, don't worry about this mirror. Uh, you should probably pull this curtain across when you want to get naked, because behind that door are two ex-WWE-ish wrestlers. Uh, we have the guy who looks like Mr. Perfect, but it's not quite there, so he's Mr. Good Enough, and uh, I'm not sure who this other guy was, but they're going to be in there playing cards. Don't worry about it. Bye-bye now. Yeah, I I feel like at the point when he was like, I want out of here, I'm like, I'm going to start taking my clothes off and standing in front of this fucking mirror, and if you don't want to <laughs> look at a child naked you're gonna get me out of this fucking room these are my demands yeah, it is wild yeah exactly would have gotten him out of the room <laughs> yeah i would think it would i would think that it would uh, i also don't get why when he calls the parents david isn't like i'm being held hostage i need help you know what i mean well it's only been a day so it doesn't feel like hostage yet if I was put in a room that I did not have a, a door that did not have a handle on my side, and then I got to speak to someone who could help me, I would be screaming about it. Yeah. Although, did it explain? Was there a bathroom in there? Like, was it like a prison situation? Was there like a toilet in I the corner? I, I didn't see one, but perhaps it is there. I don't know. There must have been some way to go to the bathroom. Otherwise, there would have been a poop corner of this, <laughs> and that would have been a whole part of the episode of the show. Uh, so they, the, but this family conversation ends with the brother being like, don't take shit from anybody, David, which I really liked. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted a mom and dad shoulder slap. There was. We didn't get that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. When he says shit, the dad's down. like, stop that. Yeah. Don't swear. 
It's the, it's the right attitude. They're good. It's a good family unit in, in terms of casting. Oh, for sure. Because David even so says, like, my room doesn't have a handle. They locked me in. Yeah, but nobody cares. That's what I'm saying. It's like, he, clearly they think he's making it up. Well, yeah. They're like, oh, you're just in space camp. <laughs> I, did that move, no, that movie was 88, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, same... I think I think Space Camp existed at the at the well, time. Yes, um, and they they hook him up to another machine to like have a conversation with him, and his brain starts answering without him. Which to me, I was right. like, so there's a parasite in his brain. Exactly. Someone else has control of this this ship, as it were. So they talk about light speed travel, and and he like knows where all these planets are, and he's got all these star charts up there, and it just like revealing all this information of like, how could anyone know that? And because once again, like no one communicates, like they don't say, hey, uh, kid, we have reason to believe that you're you know things that you don't know, you know, right. and just by talking to you, it unlocks them and, and it, the computers can read it. Yeah. That would put any kind of context in. Instead, they just like don't say anything. So he freaks out and runs away and they're like, ah, and they like hit the table. And I was like, well, if you explain to him what was happening, right. he right, might have exactly. stuck around. Exactly. Hey, kid, I know this is confusing, but here's what we think is happening. And so they go back. uh, He goes back to his room and he mentions to SJP that he's leaving tomorrow. And she's like, oh, is that what they told you? And he's like, what? And she's like, you're on the meal list for the rest of the week. Yeah, she really spills the beans here. Well, yeah, she's a teenager. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, we we, it helps move the plot forward and it makes them allies. And this is the implication that they don't have microphones in the room. Right. Because he go he pounds on the glass and yells at the guys and then like ducks over to the door where they can't see him and starts whispering to SJP like, please find my family. Let them know what's going on. And they're like, hey, what's he doing? I can't hear him. And I'm like, why can't you hear him? Right. He's not sign languaging. Turn the, He's turn, turn the volume up. Yeah. Crank the gain. Lean in. Also, it's weird that like the security for this child is the two wrestler goons who are there playing cards. It's like why do you need this much muscle here? Do you need two guards posted outside this room? Yeah, I think one person observing the kid seems like enough. Yeah, after that, it gets creepier. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the movie, as he was being driven to NASA, there was like a weird, almost voice kind of sound. Right. And David was like, who said that? And then now we hear it again, but this time we can actually understand it. We couldn't understand it before, right? No, it was really gibberishy. I was also, I knew it was Paul Rubens doing this voice, and I was surprised how not Paul Rubens. Yeah, it was a Tim, it was a Tim Curry and Legend situation yeah, where I was just like, creepier. let him do the voice. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it needs to be full on like, hey, everybody, it's the secret word of the day. You yeah. Know, it doesn't, need to be quite <laughs> like, it doesn't there. have to be fully that, but like, it literally doesn't sound like him in the first half. Right. It's flattened out to the point of having no Pee-wee Paul Rubens energy. And it's like, I want some of that. Eventually we get there, but well, I wanted it well, a little earlier. Because it doesn't make any sense when he absorbs the boy's brain and then becomes... But like, why does that voice become Paul Rubens when exactly. he absorbs the 12-year-old boy? <laughs> it's like they, they gave him a personality, which also gave him a different voice. Yeah. Um, so the voice is like, get inside Ralph. And Ralph is allowed to just, like, zip around the entire facility. Yeah, it's it's really especially silly because we recently, we, we, we've seen Ralph two times, both times escorted by Sarah Jessica Parker. And now we see Ralph 
by himself. And it's like, well, if Ralph doesn't need to be escorted, why does Sarah Jessica Parker have a job? This feels like nepotism. It probably is. It's like we're the American taxpayer is paying Sarah Jessica Parker $10 an hour in 1986 to follow around a robot for no reason other than the fact that she's the daughter of a well, scientist. Well, she maybe this, maybe maybe so she's there to hand the food to the person to make sure that they don't take more food than is theirs. And now that food the food, you know, food time's over, she's not needed. It fe- it feels like Ralph could be capable of being like too many meals removed, error detected, you know. <laughs> oh, like, so you think seems- it's like a the scale the scale yeah, thing at the, at the self-checkout? Look, we have gotten the technology into, like, in 1986, this was cutting-edge technology. It's now so cheap that it's in every crappy hotel room. Like, if you touch the water, we'll bill you $9. Oh, I didn't but, think about that. I was just picturing like, the, the bagging area of the self-checkout. Yeah, no, it's like, sometimes, like, I, I've traveled for work, and it's like, ooh, snacks, and then you get close to it, and it's like, this is pressure-sensitive. If you touch this bag of mixed nuts, it gets spilled to your room. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's on fire, scalded, scalded. That is so stupid. Like, they should... There should be a, a check after, like, they check to see that one is missing. Right. Well, it's so you can't do a swap ski, where you're like, I'll eat this bag of M&Ms, and then I'll buy one at CVS and put it back. Oh. Oh. Eh, stupid. Because that would be rampant, I think. D- duh. This is convenient. I, I can go right. buy it for cheap to replace it. It's the same right. thing. Like, tomorrow I will buy the M&Ms and put them back. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he climbs inside Ralph, which is it's just a fun little part of the movie. He's hidden up in there. Although we saw the inside of Ralph and there were many shelves and now Ralph has no shelves. Which maybe it's feels... like a fridge. You can take the shelves out. Oh, maybe, maybe. I was thinking like maybe there's a one there's a shelf side and a non shelf side or something. But that's true. Uh, but and so this is very much, you know, kid hides under uh, the the tablecloth of a, a wheelie cart at a fancy restaurant. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. this energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that train episode of Bob's Burgers. Yes, a hundred percent. But he's just like zipping around unattended. No one is concerned. No one's like, "Hey, hey, Ralph, hey, buddy, we got Ralph. Ro- Ralph's gone rogue. Can uh, we put him back on the st- the charging station?" Yeah, it's like, does, that, does anyone know where Ralph is? He seems to have just uh, decided to go ramble around the uh, entire NASA facility for no. Because it took to like twenty twenty for us to get those self those self moving cleaning robots at the Giant that I love. Right. My right. boyfriend hates I, them. I, I love them. I, they're like big Roombas? They're so they're they're like six seven feet tall. Oh, I've not seen what you're talking about. Yeah, so they're seven feet tall and they have giant googly eyes on them. And nice. they uh, they're googly eyes on both si- on two of the four sides. And they just like they're little Roombas on the bottom that are and like or like mops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just like go around, they but they like if you get too close, it like stops and like backs up and it's it might say like it might like beep or something. I love them because they're so stupid. Like they they didn't have to put googly eyes on them, but they did. If you do that, it makes human beings instantly love you. Baltimore invented this really cool solar powered uh, trash eater, this vehicle that crawls around the inner harbor and eats trash. Oh, it's fun. Like a, it it uses solar energy to power its motors and it basically sails floats around with a like a it has a dumpster on it and a conveyor belt and the conveyor belt just like scoops up the trash into the thing and then when it gets full it goes and lets somebody take the trash out of it but it's been called it's been dubbed mr trash wheel and they put big googly eyes on it and it's set like there's a beer named after him and then it spawned there's another there's two others one is professor trash wheel and i forget what does it have a little like mortarboard i 
I thought it maybe had a mustache, but I don't remember. And then there's a there's a lady one which also has a funny name that is eluding me, but you could find this. But anyway, they put they sell, giant sells plushies of it now. Like that's oh, yeah, genius. That's how much of a yeah. thing it is that they sell plushies of their cleaning up. robot. Yeah, that's well, that's that's great. It seems like a killbot though. So it has no uh no, nothing comes out of it. It's just a monolith. <laughs> I mean, nothing comes out of it that you're aware of. I don't even see doors. It, it's one solid. It's like solid sheets of plastic that are screwed to get like it's. Yeah, as far as you know, but like that plastic panel pops off and behind it is a giant gun. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, put down the frosted flakes. You have too many boxes. <laughs> Unhand Tony the Tiger. They're great, but you have too many great in moderation <laughs> i don't believe they're for your children show me their photo moderation there we go <laughs> um i you are not feeding that many people i don't I see your based on your purchase history your household is a size of two that is nine boxes of frosted flakes <laughs> i don't think i don't want anyone to like look at my purchase history and decide how many people live in my house because I've said sir, it before. Sometimes I've sir, ordered. Stop protesting. I've ordered so much uh, delivery that I have to like call upstairs as though there's more people home. That, like when I lived alone, I would like pretend. I'm like, yeah, there's. Hey, your dinner's ready. Like you gotta pretend. Otherwise, they're like, this is too much food for one person. Sir, we're aware of your shenanigans. Please put down the box of cereal. <laughs> uh, so David sneaks in. It's he, not he guarded at ship. all. The spaceship. No, there's not a guard. To be David's room. Two guards watching this child. The not spaceship. Two guards. Nothing. Six hundred pounds of guard is outside David room. David's room. And I also, I don't know if you caught this, but one does like a triple take on Ralph, as if like, oh, the cart is a little low, and it caught my attention. It's no, very I didn't strange. See that. He doesn't do anything beyond do look at it a couple times, but he does look at it. Um. So the the ship opens up for him, and there's there's these cool little steps that come out that like float out. It does like a liquid metal tongue, and then it turns into steps. It's really rad. Yeah, it reminds me of um. It's very it's very much T one thousand energy, mm-hmm. but it also kind of like the fluidity of it reminds me of the cat bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Oh yeah, I could see that. How like it doesn't actually have a door. It just like one window like stretches down to the mm-hmm, ground, so you can mm-hmm. step inside. It's all done really cool in that way. Like as David comes in, the ship starts talking to him. This throne rises up out of the floor. And despite the transfer being just okay, you can kind of see there's like a flap that comes up to sort of cover the where the motion the happens. Mm-hmm. But it looks awesome. Like this slides up and, and creates a throne. It's there's so much chrome in this movie that it's uh-huh. just impressive that there's no you don't see the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it would be the favorite movie of uh that Mad Max Fury Road gang. Just it's like that uh, the giant orb, the giant silver orb in Velvet Buzzsaw. I was just so impressed that they managed to edit out the uh, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Tony Collette again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tony Collette again. Uh, security finally pays attention, and this entirely uh, entire army rolls up for for reasons unknown. It's like where? Why does NASA have a standing army? There's there's like well maybe they were brought, maybe guys it's like a uh, um John Favreau in Jurassic World situation. Oh, okay. Like, one dude there is, like, military, and he brought his crew because they were like, it's the find of the century. Yeah, that could be. That would have been a good villain. Yeah, but it's just weird. It's like, 
there's no security, and then suddenly it seems like an entire branch of the armed forces has rolled up to this this thing. Yeah. Um, this computer is, like, this is the first time we're meeting this computer, and he's already mm-hmm. over it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that his his way of saying, sure, I'll do that, is compliance. Compliance. I did not love that. I, did, I was like, that's not as cute or as clever, as fun as they thought it was going to be. Right. Well, it feels like, you know, the ro- the ex- natural extension of a robot would be like, it, it doesn't know. Yes, sir. It says compliance. So he wants to leave the ship. She's like, take me 20 miles from here. And the ship's like, all right. And zooms straight off that this explanation of the launch is in that video I mentioned earlier. Really oh, cool. Okay. Uh, they actually used a, a post-it note to stand in for the one extra in a yellow jumpsuit to sort of match the, the, oh. the tone of the things, which I thought was really neat. Uh, but super cool, you know, launches this thing up into space. David is now floating around the cockpit, which is cool. I really, I was watching this, I was like, this would have made a great Star Tours if we didn't have Star Tours. Right, right. And then it's got sort of like a liquid metal. It, it ha- basically, it just, it it's seems It's the T-1000. Like yeah, but it only makes two shapes. That we see. Right. So we have like pointy, fast forward motion, and we have orb- Bullet train. Yeah. And then we have sort of orb-like, floatier version. The, it reminds me of like a crab body. It's it's base form. Like if you stuck little legs and the claws on it, I get yeah, kind of crab guess body. I could see that. I I thought more like hermit crab. Okay, I can see that. Like the big shell, but uh, I do love the part where David's getting tossed around because this throne looks like it's made for a very large person, and he's like, "Can you do anything about that?" And these two little safety bumpers come out from either side and pinch his hips. In. It was like it's, it's very... like riding a, a flight of passage in Disney World. How it's just like yeah. My, you're on a roller coaster now. Let me let me cinch you in there, bud. So he has we to pee. land. Yeah, we I have to pee. We land near some cows. David gets out to pee, and the ship is talking to him. And I I wanted to be like, hey man, like some people that's not a problem, but some people that's definitely a problem. If I'm if I'm trying to pee next to a field full of cows and someone won't stop talking to me, I'm gonna have to turn around and be like, would you shut up? Yeah, a hundred percent. I gotta focus on the job at hand. Uh, so. The our, the NASA shows the NASA NASA shows up with helicopters because they tracked it and David runs back in the ship and it zoomies away. Yeah. And at this point, the ship reveals like I, I'm here to do studies. I picked you up and I studied your brain and then I discovered that humans only use 10 percent of their brain, which is that famous movie myth. That famous and bullshit like, fact. Yeah, exactly. That so many people know. Uh, and he's like, so I filled the rest of it up with just whatever bullshit I had at hand. And it seems to have stuck there. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, that that's that's deeply this is some slapdash science experiments. Right. And second of all, how did you know that wasn't going to make me insane? Like, how did you know that wasn't going to make my brain melt out of my ears? If you just like, oh, let's just fill it up with useless shit. Yeah. A useless shit from a planet I've never heard of. That's like beyond right. my comprehension. Exactly. Uh, so he, he they, they're fleeing from NASA and he's like, take me somewhere they won't find us. And the ship goes underwater, which made me think of uh, the Star Futurama Tours. where that happened. Well, Star Tours, yes, but also there's that's an episode of Futurama. And when they go underwater, they're like, how deep underwater can the spaceship go? And the, the professor on Futurama is like, well, it's designed for space atmosphere. And the pressure of that is, you know, this and underwater is exponentially worse. So we're all going to die. Uh-huh. That's all I could think of. That's when they go to Atlanta. Yes. Uh, so then we have creatures in jars, which is just like, we got some hey, fun puppets. We got, 
Yeah, rad, rad. They felt Henson Workshop-like, but I do not believe they are. Yeah, it feels like someone who, people who used to work at Henson did this. Yeah, my favorite of these is the just giant human-like eyeball. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Because <laughs> it, it screams, it opens its eye yes. and like screams, and I was like, no, this yes. is a nightmare. This yes. is like that yes. fleshy blob thing in, in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is very similar to that, the eyeball monster. Yeah. Um, one of them is like a tiny, adorable little bat. And of course, this is the one that he's like, I'm going to pick this one up. And yeah, he get he tells the ship th- about laughing or something. And so the ship tries to laugh. And it's, I was like, oh, finally, it sounds like Paul Rubens. And then in five yeah. minutes, I'm like, oh, it's just pa- going to be Paul Rubens for the rest of forever. Yeah, we get the, the famous Pee-wee laugh. There's also a funny little moment where he's like getting close to all these creatures and the ship keeps being like, hey, that thing is very dangerous. Don't do that. And then it eats his hat, which I really liked. Mm, that one looked like a ghoulie. The one that ate his hat mm-hmm. looked like a ghoulie. Yeah, it did look like a ghoulie. Uh, so NASA lies to his parents when they call and he's like, ah, oh, he just wants some alone time. Sorry, buddy. Sucks to suck. Yeah. So they do this like mind transfer thing. I don't quite understand what they're doing. It, there's here. not enough it, it, time spent on it. It seems like he the ship is saying, okay, I stored a bunch of information in your brain and now I need to retrieve it, but it's not explicitly explaining that at all. It sounds like that's the idea. Because yeah. that he, as you said, he, he stuck a bunch of shit in there and I was like, I don't have it anymore. When I crashed, I lost it, but you have it now. So can I have it back? Yeah. And then doing this transfers some personality into the ship. And so then the ship has feelings. And also his memories. Yes. Which makes very little sense, of course. Yeah, no. And that leads to them having a fight and the ship being like, all right, well, you fly it then and I'm going to sleep and powers down. And then, you know, David is plummeting to the earth. And I love that they cut to the NASA people being like 25,000 feet, 20,000 feet, 50. He seems to be plummeting to the earth. Sir. <laughs> they're, all, they're, they're all watching like, well, this kid's going to die. And I guess we're yeah. just watching it now. Yeah, we're going to scrape this child off the inside of this boat when it lands. <laughs> we get, finally, David figures out how to steer. And it's a super cool mechanic of, of it's very much like joysticks on a, on a video game controller. Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, they're omnidirectional. And he's he's got one in each hand. He's sort of floating around. He gets the hang of flying. This whole bit of, like, flying around the world is kind of fun. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very you know, uh, Aladdin, that kind of vibe. Um SJP goes to his parents' house like she promised, and the NASA scientists follow her there. Yeah. What the reality of this would be is Sarah Jessica Parker would get out of her car, there'd be a and then her body would crumple to the ground, and then you'd see the the pink feather plume out of her neck. Oh, no, sir. Oh, no, sir. You would see red blood trickling. Oh, you think they're murdering her? From the bullet hole that came out of her forehead. Absolutely, they're murdering her. But her dad is a general. A large man, well, he's going to have to get out his military bullets because somebody is shooting his daughter in the head from point blank range. No, I think th- I think because her dad's a general, she would, they would dart her. Mr. Just Good Enough, the former professional wrestler who was in charge of guarding David, garroted her. <laughs> he put on his gloves <laughs> and he slipped a piano wire around her neck and he choked her to death in the back. I don't think it's a Silkwood situation. I think it's... <laughs> oh, it definitely is. There's no way they're letting the secret out that this child stole this ship and flew away. Um. So the, this is where we said earlier that the family they're just like, hey, he, you're not leaving this house, family, and I'm going to eat all your chips, ahoy. <laughs> he, 
and there's a really Sarah just of course like is there a back door and the mom's like yeah it's back there and points to the back of the house and which like I get it it's, you have to say that but it was just the sentences were funny and then she goes to take one step out the door and turns back and is like I'll see you all soon and a man just blocks her exit and I was like yeah. come on Sarah Jessica Parker you didn't think they knew about the back door um, so they're jetting around the world and not trying to hide the ship at all which is so weird no. to me yeah, I thought there was going to be like, oh, the ship's cloaked, so you don't have to worry about it being seen. Like, no, there's just everyone seeing the spaceship. Well, they're like, oh, let's ask these teenagers driving for directions. And I was like... <laughs> I do love this, actually. But I'm just like, it seems so strange in the... Like, I've never seen that in this kind of movie, where it's like, just like, whatever, there's a giant spaceship, who gives a shit? It's especially funny because, like... You can't ask them for directions because you're going via air and they're going via road. It's like I mean, I guess okay. they give you a general direction. Like it's you know, it's two miles west. Right, right. But it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna go down four miles to the T junction. You're gonna take the right half of the T. You're gonna go down another four miles. You're gonna make a left. It's like uh, we just need you to point in a general vicinity. Actually, we'll you know what? It would be great because there would be you could you could just follow the roads and there would be no traffic for you because you'd be yeah, a few that's feet above. True. It. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they stop at a, a rest stop, a truck stop, a gas station kind of thing. So he can yeah, call his family. Yeah. Well, first we skim over blue screen Tokyo, which I found very funny that it was yeah. just like, we'll get a bunch of Japanese ex- extras. We'll get a blue screen shot of Tokyo and we'll superimpose the ship in it. And that's fine. That's, that's the, all we have to do for this. Yeah. But yeah, we land at this, uh, gas station, big owls. Mm-hmm. So that he can call his family again, no cloaking on this thing. So it's just right. hanging out in front of this gas station. Uh, I also really enjoy that he, f- Paul Rubens, the ship starts skimming for some music and it's like, clearly the kid was not hearing anything and was just acting because the timing is off for like, it puts on like this marimba music and he puts his hands over his ears. He's like, ah, and then we cut to the beach boys and he's like, yeah, all right, this is music. And I'm like, all right, hold on. This song was like 10 years old at minimum when you got slurped away at age what 10 12 however old david's supposed to be like, yeah 12 what, what are you are you the world's youngest boomer like what do you you're like oh yeah baby good vibrations crank it up this is my song well because he said didn't he say his mom took him to see the monkeys or the bgs yeah i think so i guess it, been a it might have song. been it might have been my mom took me to the beach boys because oh maybe it beach was Boy beach boys song. yeah um so uh this tourist family shows up and like wants to take pictures with the spaceship as David calls his family to be like, Hey, I'm coming home. Send a flare. (laughs) It's like, I don't know how to figure out where the new house is. So you have to make sure it's easy to spot. And the brother goes, I'll set the house on fire if I have to, which is very sweet. It is very sweet, but also it feels like gotta be a better plan than this. Well, his plan is eight year old fireworks. So yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So I, I, (laughs) the fireworks must be set up early in the dialogue and i don't remember it yeah the mom says um uh we'll go get your brother we'll go get hamburgers and then we'll light off your fireworks okay okay because he he like rummages through a box finds these old fireworks which i guarantee would have yeah, I was like, eight-year-old fireworks wouldn't work, and then they don't work in the movie. And I was like, oh, good, I'm not crazy. Yeah. They, I, they, I don't know that they would, like, not work at all, but they certainly aren't going to work as intended. I also didn't like, when they're at the gas station, Paul Rubens just makes a bunch of fat jokes at this yeah, guy for was no reason. Yeah, that was unnecessary. 
I was like, okay, like we got to make Twinkie jokes at Big Al. He's like, yeah. he gives this kid money. He does. He gives He's this a kid nice a couple person. quarters to make a phone call. And buy a chocolate bar and a soda. Yeah, uh, all kids like crunch bars, but no adults like crunch bars. So at some I, point, you turn 18 <laughs> and they just take that out of you. I, I did find that very funny. I was like, wow, of all things you could pick, you picked a crunch bar, huh? Yeah, kids love crunch. I loved a crunch back in the day. I I, I have uh, I have come back around on the 100 grand, which is really like the adult version of a crunch bar. Isn't it just a crunch with caramel? It has the best caramel of mass market candy in the middle, hmm. in my personal opinion. It's very thick, so it's like a good chewy caramel. I'm okay. a big fan. I mean, my favorite candy bar is, is one that is not widely available, so I have to just get it where I get it. It's a Reese's Crispy Crunchy Bar. I've never had that, but I like most Reese's things. But the hundred grand is like a widely available. You can get it at a gas station. I think mm. it's like way above. Crispy Crunchy is basically a Butterfinger Center covered. Mm. Uh, then they r- cover that in peanut butter, and then it's mm. covered in peanuts and dipped in chocolate. So it's like very okay. hearty and substantial. I'd mess with that. That sounds like a good candy bar. And it, Wawa stopped carrying them like four years because I used to live across the street from a Wawa, so I would get them all the okay. time. And then I remember one day walking in and being like. The box is gone. What is it discontinued? No, it's still available. Like Seven Eleven has it, and like oh, okay. it's like Five Below gets it sometimes. But like Wawa must have just stopped carrying it. And I was like, well, I single handedly should have kept them in stock. <laughs> I love. So we fly away from this, and we're flying over like all sorts of Florida lands, and they have some really awesome shots. Also explained in that video I mentioned, where the ship flies over water, and you see the reflection of it below. Uh, which oh, yeah. the rig for the rig for this is amazing. It's so cool. They have like a sheet of paper or cloth with the sky on it, and they had the ship stay in one place, but the camera pull away from it for like the takeoffs and stuff. And so oh. it like reveals a sheet of extra sky, so the ship doesn't move. The camera does. I'm gonna have to watch they, this video. It's really cool. It's 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 very much the like. I love the magic of old movies because it was like literally the same things as stage magic, but done to trick you. Yeah. If they fly over Carol Baskin killing her husband. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, it would have been around the right time, I think. I mean, it's pretty darn close. Oh, also, he stole maps from this big Al man, which I feel like is a little, little glossed over. But that's Aren't okay. maps free? I mean, at like a rest stop, maybe, but not necessarily everywhere. Oh. I-, I haven't used a map in forever right. i have an atlas in the back of my car that like yeah. mom bought me i think when i started i think she bought it for me when i first started driving yeah, the yeah. contour one for me too. and i just yeah. like kept carrying it over and at one point someone was like what is this like they were in my back seat like what is this in your in the pocket and i was like i have no idea and they pull out they're like it's an atlas and i was like <laughs> okay it's like when the grid goes down, you'll be able to find your way, I guess. But there's not going to be a the dot that theoretically says, I'll be able to find my way. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's not a big glowy dot that's like, here's where you are and here's how to get where you're going. You know that scene in Clueless when uh, Dion and her boyfriend are arguing in the front seat of the car on the way to the party? That would be yeah. me with an atlas with exactly, myself. Yeah. I can read a map, but it would be hard for me to be like handed a map and be like, you're on this, figure it out. Well, for me, I w- it's it, I can, I mean, like, obviously I can read a map, but like the idea of like for orienting myself, like, okay, so I'm here, I'm going north, this is what north, blah, blah, like that would right, trip right. me out. Uh, anyway, the ship takes off from Big Al's and Big Al has the very funny line of, oh, he said he wanted a phone home. Mm-hmm. 
So we, we're flying back towards back towards home. And this is where we start mentioning the- that uh, apparently time travel is the ship knows time travel is possible, but they didn't think David's body could handle it. And I was like, it's not just that it's possible. That's how the ship operates. It like picks up things, studies them and then puts them back at the exact second that it removed them. So the, the creature experiences more time, but the like it goes back exactly where they picked it up. Yeah. So I feel like this needs to be, this is like way too big of stakes to be introduced with nine minutes of movie remaining. <laughs> yeah, because I keep being like, do you really expect us to believe they're not going to time travel like at this point? Right. Like this kid's not going to just like go back to his family and be like, you're all old now. Right. So there's basically three options. It's David goes to live with his family who is all older than him and his whole life is weird forever. Two, David decides not to go back to his family at all and he... uh Stays on the ship. Goes off with the ship, which is not going to happen in a children's movie. And unless he unless he unless he was an orphan. Three is that they just time travel, and it's like, okay, oh yeah, I guess that's possible. He could have been. It could have been that he was an orphan and therefore had no family anyway. But uh, that's way darker. It's like you've been away for ten years and your whole family was killed in a boating accident. I didn't mean that way. I just meant like. It would have been a, uh, you know, his, he was already in like, and he, like, he was a kid at an orphanage. Like, there is a version of this where they're like, I'm sorry, your son's legally dead, so therefore he is our property and you can't take him back. The Tony Collette version would do that. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, he's like, you know, if we go back in time, David, you'll be vaporized. And I'm like, all right, this should have been introduced as soon as David got on the ship. It's like, okay, what did you do to me? You have to fix this. And the ship's like, well, I was supposed to take you back at the time I picked you up, but I can't because it'll melt your brain. And then it, David, like, argues with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Or even better would be, I, you know, David has all this information jammed into his head. He's like, actually, if you change the vector to bloop, 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 bloop. And he's like, where did that come from? I don't know, but let's try it, you know? Yeah. So they, like, get to the house and the NASA is swarming. And the, like, sort of villain guy is like, step away from the ship. And his family's like, come back to us, David. And then he, it seems like he's just going to leave with the ship. He's like, uh-huh. bye, everyone. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, so are we not doing time? Is he actually just going to leave? Are we getting cocooned? Yeah, I, are we cocooning? I got, I got convinced it was going to be a cocooning because, I, like I said, I hadn't watched this in forever. And I was like, wow, that's a crazy ending for a children's movie. Uh, but no, instead they do, they say they're going to try the time travel and we get the obligatory, I'm going to miss you most of all moment. And I'm like, it's a ship. You, We have not spent that much time with a ship for you to be like, I'm going to miss you so much. Like, come yeah, on. Exa- it's, like, you don't remember the other time you spent on this ship, which has apparently been eight years. So for you, it's been like, I don't know, four hours or so. Like, yeah. What, what great changes happened? So he drops him back in the the Jurassic Park woods that also now look like the E.T. ride woods. That's that's absolutely correct. Also, the brother does, the, as you said, shoot off the fireworks on the roof and they're really like kind of like. Fur, fur. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. But I did. I did make me think this 100 percent. They stole this idea in Galaxy Quest. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. So I mean, now Galaxy back- Quest was referencing everything. So. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, it wasn't like, a, oh, man, I caught them. I just thought it was funny. Uh, so David's back in the 60s. 70s. 78. 70s. 70s, yes. Veronica Cartwright would have been a child if it was the 60s. It was the birds. <laughs> I got I got tricked by his uh, his taste in music. Actually, no. Was the birds the 60s? Psycho was the 60s. Was the birds as well? I think Psycho's 1960. I think birds is like 58, 57. Oh, okay. We also get a cool time storm. 
I do love a good time storm. As yeah. We travel back in time. It's like floating through this weird nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, his family's uh, on the boat ready to go get burgers yeah. with their sparklers. And I'm like, man, someone could have briefed this kid on the Super Bowl winners. It could have been a very lucrative life. <laughs> it's like, I did Dad, not look. invent time travel to win money. <laughs> yes, but uh, this is not Doc Brown. This is aliens. So it's like, okay, Dad, I'm telling you, the Bills lose four in a row. You have to remember this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the family invest all on the in boat, Google like, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, what's that movie with the frequency? Frequency. Frequency. I believe it's Yahoo in frequency. Wow, that didn't age well. <laughs> it's like that. Did that, Google buy that, Yahoo, or is Yahoo just still? No, trying? Yahoo's just dying slowly. Okay. Yahoo Answers is dead. It's just all dying slowly. Uh, but yeah, the family's in the boat. It's like, come on, son, we're gonna shoot off fireworks. We're our burgers. He's waving a big sparkler around. The dialogue sounds like they burned the dog with a sparkler. <laughs> it does kind of sound like that. Uh, and then we get on the boat and it's like, David has clearly seen some shit and his parents can tell, but they're like, I don't know what to do with this. He's like putting his arm on his brother and is like, hey, I know I don't say this enough, but I really love you, man. He says and it to his mom too. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It almost seems like something happened to him in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to the point where I'd be like, Son, come over here. Did did something happen? Did someone did someone do something to you? Yeah. Did, did someone touch you in the woods? Did is, you find a dead body in the woods? Like, is, is there a is there a guy who's gonna get hit a lot with a pipe in the short near future? Because I need to know. That's what it is. And then the we realize the cute little bat alien thing is still in his backpack. It, Puck Puck Maven Puck Marin. I wrote it down, but it did not obviously land. I don't know. It's a bat creature. It's very cute. It's extremely very cute. Oh uh, yeah, and that's the uh, that's the end of it. He puts his finger to his lips, and then we hear Paul Rubens being like, "You can keep it, bye." And then the ship flies through the fire. See you later, navigator. Uh huh. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, I would recommend this. I I had a lot more it's fun. It's a ninety than minute breeze. It's lovely. Yeah, it's honestly a little sh- like if you fast forward to the credits, you're getting close to like eighty four, eighty five territory. Yeah, so there's a lot of dogs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You could skip some of the dog business in the front, but really breezy. It's not a perfect movie, but it's definitely the kind of thing you could throw on for a kid. And, it, you know, if you have the kid with the right interest, it would definitely hold their attention. It did for me as a kid who likes space stuff and whatever. The ship design rules. Things it's should so be, cool. There should be more chrome things. I love chrome. <laughs> chrome should be. I think chrome chrome's just a pain prevalent. in the ass for filming. That's why it doesn't. Get yeah. Done. Yeah, exactly. But that's fine. That's not my job. I just want to see cool stuff. <laughs> I just want to look at it. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't have to be the one who wipes all the fingerprints off it. Just show it to me. Show it to me now. Uh, yeah, I, this is like super fun. I think this kid's really great performance in it. I, uh, you know, didn't mm-hmm. perhaps I feel more strongly about his abilities than than general. I think Bowie, he's but good, I, he's but good. like I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Cl- I'm not going to clamoring to give him a, a baby Oscar. I, I don't know, man. I think maybe baby Oscar. He should have been fighting with Henry Thomas for said baby Oscar. I think they should have been both nominated. Those movies were three years apart. <laughs> well, yeah, baby Oscars are for the decade. They come out the year, like, they gave Judy Garland the one when Wizard of Oz came out. Like, they don't just wait and be like, well, I guess. Well, again, I have proposed that we do the Oscars on a five-year delay. So the baby Oscars are awarded for the decade in recognition of work. Hmm. Like, you don't get five good male and female kid performances a year. Absolutely not. You're lucky to get two. You're lucky to get one. So then you got to wait. And then at the end of the decade, you have 10, you have, you know, up to 10 of each. And that kid from Hereditary would get nominated and then wouldn't win because horror movies don't win. 
Yeah, exactly. Probably wouldn't even get nominated. But yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd put him up for a baby Oscar. Uh, super rad special effects. I, I know that is like not necessarily a selling point anymore for a movie, but this movie is really It's great. 86 special effects. Like they were talking about right. 86 special effects. So they're rad right. as hell. Yeah, no, they're great. And it's just like there is something to be said for objects with actual light hitting them filmed by a camera as something special. And that's yeah. what this is. It's a- actual objects with light bouncing off of them, you know, filmed by a camera. It looks different. It hits different, as the kids like to say these days. So, yeah, I, I, it's a super rad it slaps. one. It slaps. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun little movie. It's very cute and charming. I, I thought that the plot was going to be dumber and less appealing. It's way heavier than you would have <laughs> oh, expected yeah, 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 it to yeah. be. Yeah. But I just thought it was going to be more like kid movie plot. And it's really not. It's like a, it's a good little sci-fi story. It's a cool. Yeah. Like I could, there's a world in which this is a really good 45 minute Twilight Zone. Yes, very much so. It's, it's, it's a similar kind of vibe to Twilight Zone to begin with. So yeah, I, I think this is a fun little movie and it's on Disney plus. So if you have that, it's, it's an easy, easy watch. Uh, a rare double recommend, I guess. Well, not, I, I guess no, they've not been happening a lot, a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is, I, I would say this movie is very charming. It's just, it's very, got a lot yeah. going it's for charming, it. It's charming. It's lovely. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very cute. It's, you know, it's not doing, it doesn't take a big swing, but it does the thing that it sets out to do very well. It, yeah, it, it knows what its tin is and it does it. Right. Yeah. For, for a baseball metaphor, it's like, it's a solid double, but it was like, I wanted to hit a double. You know, I wasn't up there swinging for the fences. It's like, I might, my, I'm trying to score some runs. I'm hitting a double. Great. I did it. A well executed vision. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a fun one. So I, I recommend that you seek it out if you, if you haven't yet. And it's uh 30th and 35th anniversary, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't yet, head over to patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. Check that out. There's all sorts of great tiers and and uh, and things, rewards for you, and 17 hours of bonus content at the $5 level, and we're getting ever closer to the bonus episode every single month at that $5 tier. So check that out and uh, get, your, get your spot there and, and join us over on the Patreon for all that fun stuff. We will be back to close out August and send everybody back to school with another anniversary episode of that Rodney Dangerfield movie, which I'm a little frightened to revisit, but yeah, also I have revisited. Yeah, so nervous. Yeah, uh, but excited. I, I do have fond memories of it. So that'll be uh, August 23rd. We'll be returning to your ears then. So uh, until then, check out dissectingthe80s.com for anything you want to you know know about the show. Uh, visit us over on Twitter at Dissect the 80s or Dissect the 80s on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And uh, like I said, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dissect the 80s. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.